Neither Marcus nor Tabby are a professional broadcaster. This will soon become evident. Possibly Marcus Graeber. <laughs> and this is probably. Hi, I'm Tabby. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and I have to look after them, which is hell. Because when they met, it was murder. Oh, you went there so quick. You went there so quick. I was really. <laughs> I, I have to say, this is the best intro to anything that we've covered and probably ever ever will cover. It, like it, it is absolutely perfect in every type of stereotype and every everything you could possibly want from a shitty detective program. I, it's great. It, it made me happy. It made me very very happy. I. Um, it's great. It's like this. And the musical theatre reference will make sense in a minute. But yep. this is like Gilbert and Sullivan at the Worthing Playhouse <laughs> compared to last week's Miss Marple, which was Tosca at the Royal Opera House. <laughs> nice. Bit of, bit of culture. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so, who are we? What are we doing? We are the... D... Detective... In... Inspectors. Hi. That doesn't work so well on Skype, does it? No, no, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly the first, the first technical issue we've had actually. Um, so we are the detective inspectors. We are indeed the detective inspectors. And, and on this, and on this podcast, what we do is we watch half of a detective program. Yeah. We then discuss that half a detective program. We make predictions about what we think might happen in the second half. And then we watch the second half, and then we talk about that. That sounds about right. And uh, yes, if we've not got the hang of it yet, we fucking never will. <laughs> exactly. And we are on Skype, and there is a slight delay, so you may experience find it off-putting. Hopefully not. I th- uh, in theory, this should work. It will be absolutely fine. Like they they can't hear once it's all mixed together. It's fine. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And also the. Slight delay. It's probably the least of your worries mm. if you're listening to this because the quality of these podcasts seems to be getting worse rather than better. Do you think? I, I really enjoyed last week's. <laughs> well, we did have a comment on Twitter. By the way, you can contact us on Twitter using the uh, nomica at detect underscore inspect. And you can email us, thedetectiveinspectors at gmail.com. But nobody has yet, so I'm going to keep saying it. And, and maybe someone will one day. So what are we watching, Tabs? Uh, right. This is a programme. Um, I will confess, I don't think I've ever seen it before in my life. Um, really? Even yeah. when you were young? Even when I was young. Um, I remember watching this as a child, for sure. So, this ran from 1979 to 1984... Um, had 111 episodes and uh, a few TV spin-off movies, uh, which is what we're going to be watching. This is Heart to Heart. 
Heart to heart. Heart to heart. Which, as I said, I, didn't, I, I possibly do remember the opening sequence, but I think it must have been sort of like parodied so many times, or that kind of thing is so like um, utterly kind of uh, put into like the popular sort of pop culture psyche of that. That's how you open like a tacky program. Yeah. Um, and everyone so, and everyone knows. And when they met, it was Moider. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows that. Everyone. So um so yep. you're right this was a TV program we're not watching one of the episodes of the TV program because we couldn't find one of those we're watching one of the TV spin-off movies which happened a full decade after so, the show ended yep cuz people cuz people ask themselves sort of what do we really want more of in our lives and the, and the public answered and they said we want a 90 minute episode of heart to heart that's the only thing that will make us happy um exactly and, and there weren't enough shitty TV programmes in the 90s. No. So they needed more. More. No. And so what the public wants, the public reluctantly receives. And <laughs> thus we have Crimes of the Heart. If you would let me, Tabby, I would like to do a quick rundown of the characters. I would be delighted. Okay, so obviously we have Jonathan Hart. He's a millionaire. Do we ever find out how they made their money? He's, it says in the opening thing that he is a self-made millionaire. He is in business, and I'm right. doing air quotes. Yeah. Uh, you know, random business. I think he basically probably just bought companies, fired all the staff, sold off all the assets, took all the money. One of those dudes, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon so. He looks like a hard-nosed, hard-nosed business type. And then you have got his lovely wife, Jennifer Hart, uh, Jonathan Hart, by the way, played by Robert Wagner. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Hart, played by Stephanie Powers. Uh, sounds right. I found a great book that she had written with someone else called Stephanie Powers' Guide to Life or something. Really? <laughs> or, or Super Life. No, Super Life. That was it. It was Stephanie Powers' Super Life. And one of the pictures of her on the cover, she was holding two baby tigers. <laughs> Really grim. Like the really... sort of thing that was perfectly acceptable in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Completely you... abhorrent. I mean, you have to be pretty. You have to be pretty arrogant to 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 sort of suggest that your that your life is is the the, the best life you could possibly have. Seeing as we can barely remember her name, it seems um, unlikely that um, that she has in fact had such a good life, but. You know. I think it's been all right. I think she's probably had a better life than either of us. Well, true. And probably the majority of the other six billion people on the planet. I, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And you can guarantee that sort of more than nine people watched the uh, last episode of Heart to Heart. So she's already doing better than us. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. We're currently up to seven downloads on the Miss Marple episode. Excellent. Perhaps, perhaps maybe uh, not put, uh, avoid this one in the show notes <laughs> next time. <laughs> maybe so. Hopefully I won't have to. Yeah. <laughs> the way things are going so far, yeah. <laughs> you might have saved, you should have saved that for this episode maybe. <laughs> okay, and then after so you've got so you've got Jonathan, uh, Jonathan and Jennifer, the Hearts, if yep. you will, and then you've got Max, who's a weird assistant man, who looks after them and is generally 
in this one certainly hasn't really done anything. Um, um, there's a reason for that in the fact that he is, um, as of shooting, he is 86 years old and died this year. Uh, died the year that this was made. So he looks. Um, he he, he is, looks. I mean, God rest his soul, but he looks in this episode like a man on the brink. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God no, he is like he's. Uh, um, aside from the fact that his face looks like a scrotum, um, he <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't look well. Like you, you can see him shuffling about. He's like he's clearly wearing some kind of like girdle. Basically, all his skin is yeah. trying to escape from his neck. And um, I think they made these movies like I think they made these movies quickly. As quickly as they could, because he was like on his last legs, and they had to get these films out, and they had to have him in it because without him, you haven't got the you haven't got the show, right? Uh, but you've got the perfect you've got the perfect excuse. You could like you know he's died. They've got to find who killed him. That's that's like uh, you know you you don't necessarily you can still have him as the character in there, but like you know just let the guy retire. Like um, he can't be that desperate to star star in like a in a heart to heart TV movie. I can't believe that's his last sort of wish. He so doesn't the, need the money. The last thing I want to do is star in this like crappy TV movie about. <laughs> from a TV show that's ten years old and no one cares anymore, but that's just me. He probably he probably did want to do it. He, he was, probably wanted to do it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's 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 not put uh, put words into the uh, mouths of the dead, shall we? Let's uh, let's move on. No, no. <laughs> uh, I do have a I do have a feeling though that there was a moment right at the end of the half that we've watched where. They get back to the house and Max isn't there. <laughs> and I'm wondering <laughs> if we won't see him again. Do you think he's wandered off somewhere, maybe? He got confused. <laughs> he's walking back to walking back to Los Angeles <laughs> with his dog. Yeah. Anyway, back um, to the cast. It's just desperately. So sad. we've got so we've got Jonathan, Jennifer, Max. They are the regular cast members. Yep. And then, and I'm going to try and do this quickly. Mm-hmm. We've got David Kramer, who is a theatre magnate and yes. an all-round sleazebag. Uh, he, he's not the the ultimate sleazebag, though. We have a, we have a, a more sleazy person. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think this man is a sleazebag, but we we then have got Dory Latimer who is the upcoming star of the theatre world, who is going to be in his next production. We've got Peter Rubin, who is her agent, and Uh, he he is is, a douchebag. Yeah, yeah, he he is the ultimate sleazebag. He's a... a, Because I think the the implication is that they're sort of... um, They share more than a professional relationship. Um, What, Dory and Peter? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Peter, Peter is certainly in love with Dory... But we don't know if the feelings are uh, returned. Reciprocated, yes. Reciprocated um, is exactly the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, I mean, what we've learned about sort of like the entertainment industry just recently is that that probably doesn't matter to um, to Peter. Um, <laughs> Especially not back then. No. Not back in the 90s. Absolutely not. Disgusting. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then the next major character we meet is Delta Airlines. <laughs> who receive a full minute of, of air time of one of their aeroplanes flying through the air. 
Yep. <laughs> Which uh, so Delta Airlines playing themselves. Yep. And then we've got Hal Hal Trask, who is an angry yet spurned set designer. Yes. Uh, doesn't really do a lot. He seems very uh, like. Uh, a very insecure, uh, insecure set designer. Like, that makes a point of saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like my sets." Um, <laughs> no, that's not him. That's not him. Oh, is that not him? Hal Trask is uh, is the angry one that has the big row with Kramer at the start. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. He's the one that was promised this show. He was going to do the sets for this show, but they've been done by someone else. Right. Uh, which is Alan Watson, who is the insecure He's, one. Right. He's the insecure one. More on him later. So you've got two set designers, one working, one not. You've got Jody, who is David Kramer's assistant. Yep. She doesn't do too much so far. No, in, in, in so much as that I don't really even remember her. So um, that's, uh, that's, that's significant. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then you've got... You've got a New York policeman. This is all set in New York. You've got a New York policeman called Lieutenant Frank Giordano. Who is awesome. And he is a wise guy, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he is, he is called... Uh, can you remember the name of the actor? Um, I cannot. Oh, because uh, he's in loads of stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I recognise uh, him. I definitely recognise him. Yes, I should have. <sighs> if only there was some way I could make notes. Um, <laughs> And then the last character, really, in this whole thing is Inspector, and I'm doing air quotes, Masters, who is another policeman who looks like a cross between Bill Gates and Niles Crane. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. He's um, far be it for me to talk, but he's got a weird nose. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. Anyway, they are, they are the main players in our drama. And um, let's uh, let's crack on with the plot, shall we? Let's do that. I'm excited. Felony homicide. So the plot. The plot. What there is of it so far. It's quite. It's quite. It's quite a good plot. I think I'm enjoying it. Yeah. No. It's 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 not it's not too bad. Um, we've got. Um, uh, we are we are back in Thiessa land, um, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take us take us through it I, in uh, my minute detail. <laughs> I will, I will. Every tiny little thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as you say, we are back in the world of the theatre, uh, awful musical theatre, and I must say yep. here, I I have nothing against musical theatre, but in the Miss Fisher episode, that was bad musical theatre. Gilbert that and was Sullivan. bad. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 not with Gilbert and Sullivan. We're um, with um, a, a frankly ridiculous musical um, uh, about Jack the Ripper. Indeed, um, it appears to have been half written by David Kramer, the sleazebag main kind of guy in this episode, and Jennifer Hart, which somehow yep. somehow her husband didn't know that she had written this musical about Jack the Ripper when she was at college. This is something that they'd yeah. obviously never discussed. I mean, to be fair, if I wrote a shit musical, I probably wouldn't tell my house, my partner about it. 
Um, you know, particularly. Um, just full disclosure: we we had a, a bit of a recording mishap, um, so there was there were some hilarious bits which I can't really be bothered to repeat. But um, just saying, watch Spinal Tap. Um, she's effectively written Saucy Jack, um, and there's a <laughs> there's a good reason why. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd keep quiet about it. It's like, no, no, I didn't write that. No, no. But somehow she seemed proud of this sort of like, you know, literal sophomore effort that, um, from her one year at NYU that somehow this theatre producer has got his hands on and has always wanted to make. Yet they've had no contact ever. And they've never met. They've never met, have they? When they meet in the theatre no. at the end of the production that he's currently doing. It's a big shock to Jennifer Hart and Jonathan Hart. They don't know why they're there. It soon turns out that they're there in order for him to get Jennifer Hart on board so that he can basically use her version of the ladies of Whitechapel. Yep. <laughs> in his show. So, I mean, for my money, he's just getting a free... He's getting a free pass. He's basically using her thing to put on a Broadway show and then at the last minute has got in touch with her to get involved. Yeah, by, by the way, I'm stealing your work. Um, yeah, I would have thought, you know, he's a successful theatre producer, he's got a bit like, as, as they make, but he's got four shows running at the moment. Um, uh, he, he must have a team of lawyers, like one of them, and like, she is a, she is a relatively well-known, famous crime-fighting rich person. Um, she's not that difficult to get hold of. Yeah, um, just pay her some money, take the script. You don't need Jennifer Hart and Jonathan Hart to go to New York to do this for you. Which is basically what no. happens, is that they yeah. they accept they're going to go to New York, Jennifer's going to help him with the play, Jonathan Hart is just going to hang around and generally, I don't know, run around the top of the building that he's staying in for some reason. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. That seems uh, that seems that seems what he's doing because he has precious little else to do. Um, um, so yeah, that's that's what we're working with. Um, so, so they go to New York. Before they go to New York, there is a scene in their garage lockup where they have a load of bizarre things from their childhood, from their college days. We're treated to Jennifer Hart doing a cheerleading performance. Um, yep, uh, it's particularly weird. Um, I, I think there is. Uh, uh, we do get to. Uh, she goes through a whole cheer with Jonathan Hart joining in as well. Um, uh, apparently, the college team was called the Bulldogs. Uncomfortable. Um, uh, uh, just plain annoying and just like total waste of time. No, uh, like, unless there is like a. Uh, something that happens in the pit that we, in the half that we've not seen where she has to dress up as a cheerleader to infiltrate a college cheerleading team there is the, there is no reason for that to be in there at all i can't imagine if that does benefit. happen i would say the episode had taken an upturn i i, I would say so um perhaps perhaps there could be a bonus point in that actually um, is there going to be a scene later on where jennifer where jennifer Hart has to dress up like a cheerleader to infiltrate a college cheerleading team i'm gonna say no i, I was gonna say no as well okay um okay well that's that <laughs> that's that damn okay you didn't fall into my trap <laughs> so we get to new york 
We get to New York. Jennifer walks into the theatre just as David Kramer is having a huge row with Hal Trask, the aforementioned set designer who was promised work on this show but has not got it. Yeah. Uh, They're having a big row. He basically calls Kramer all the names under the sun. Then he rips a bit of the set and storms out. Jennifer Hart arrives. Um, Because, as as we well know, um, theatre set designers are uh, well known for being incredibly um, angry and macho people. that that is that is their try. I mean, it, it goes with anyone who works in the theatre. Really, it's a cutthroat business. It's a cutthroat kind of, business. <laughs> Set design. Oh, don't get me started. I don't. I, they're beasts. They <laughs> but but sadly, no one gets their throat cut yet. No. Or yes. <laughs> so so Hart is there. There's been a row. Hart is basically sort of shown around. Jodie, David Kramer's assistant, who doesn't appear to do much else, shows her around the theatre. And then David Kramer has a weird chat, doesn't he, with uh, with the actual set designer. The actual set designer's yep. like, thanks for sticking up for me, da-da-da-da-da. See, he's he's more gentle. He's 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 a little bit more insecure about his work. He, you know, he, I I like him. I hope nothing happens to him. I hope nothing bad happens to him. <laughs> so the very next scene, uh, Jonathan Hart turns up at the theatre, and they're having a big chat about where they might go for lunch. David Kramer has allowed Jennifer Hart out for lunch for an hour, only an hour though, because they're on a tight schedule. David Kramer is basically trying to get Jennifer Hart into bed, is my opinion, through this whole thing. I, uh, I, it seems like a bit of a ruse, but a, a weird one is to sort of like, let's essentially find a total stranger and um, put on an incredibly expensive theatre production to try and lure them into bed. It seems a bit weird. He's a, but, he's a um, rich theatre magnate, I'm fairly sure, and he actually says later on, that he he with his reputation is 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 basically getting on with all sorts of young theatre talent. So why he's gone to this length to try and get Jennifer Hart into bed is a mystery at this point. Yeah, um, I don't think it's a mystery that's going to be solved. To be perfectly honest, probably but, not. Uh, but but we will see. It's 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 part of the rich tapestry that is uh, heart to heart. Um, Yes. It's a wonderful script. <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so, they're, so they're planning heart and heart, or heart to heart. I don't know how to refer to them. The hearts. The heart. The hearts. The hearts yeah. are planning where they might go for lunch, and then as they're doing that, nice, nice set designer guy plummets from the top of the stage area. Uh, and apparently accidentally hangs himself. Yeah. Um, apparently quite easily done, um, if film and television is to uh, to be believed. 
Um, I'd like to know the actual statistics of that happening because it does seem to happen an awful lot in um, <laughs> film and television. We're working but, in the uh, theatre. If we've learned anything from the last couple of episodes, this one and Miss Fisher, working in the theatre is an extraordinarily dangerous pastime. It would seem so. Um, it would It would seem so. Um, uh, but... Uh, you know, they won't learn. They 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 are they are suffering for their art exactly. and uh, and their and their set design. And that's why <laughs> that's why we love them. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy's dead. The guy's hung himself accidentally or otherwise from the from the ropes up in the fly area of the theatre. The next thing we the next person we meet at this point is Detective Inspector or Inspector Frank Giordano. Detective Inspector Frank Giordano, and he shows yep. up, and interestingly, he immediately assumes, and immediately the hearts are the are the main suspects. Does... He's he's done his research basically, and he knows full well that the hearts have been in the proximity of upwards of one hundred and eleven murders. It's a big you number. do the maths. That is a big number. It's, uh, you know, um, uh, the only other explanation, like uh, he should probably watch Max as well, because um, if Max is around, like maybe, maybe Max isn't as far gone as we think. Maybe Max is actually um, the criminal mastermind and is just using his sort of uh, guys as a uh, close to death coffin dodger as a. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to hide his uh, dastardly plans of being a cold-blooded murderer, um, I, I might change my prediction. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Max. <laughs> okay, well you can't change that now. Uh, um, no, I you've can't. said it now. You said it now. <laughs> this is not predictions. Okay, this is <laughs> this is comedy fun times. <laughs> so basically, they are they are the main suspects. Giordano is the most New York person you could ever meet. There are there are some outrageous New York stereotypes in this, but Giordano is a massive stereotype. He's wisecracking here, there, and everywhere, and he's louche and he's arrogant. He's sporting a a beige Mac, which um, is you know that's that's nineties detective like uh, yeah. I tell you what I feel like Giordano is. I think he's a Colombo figure because he's. Because all through this half of the episode we've seen, he's making out like he's useless. But actually, I think he's probably going to be quite on the ball. And I think they've ripped that straight off Columbo. Uh, uh, yeah, potentially. Um, see, he seems like a really good character. He seems like a like he should be a character who turns up in more episodes of this. Like, I, I would like I would like it if he had more of a kind of relationship with them and was sort of like. For some reason, they they brought this detective like because they're always around murder. Maybe they always travel with a seasoned detective, just uh, just in case to um, you know does that prevent mean, them from being the suspects. Does that, does, does that mean you're willing to watch more episodes of Heart to Heart in your spare time? Uh not necessarily. Well, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe the next sort of like um, uh, forty minutes or so will absolutely blow me away, and I will, you know, I I will. Uh, Get a heart, a heart to heart tattoo over my heart, um, just to show how much I love heart to heart. Um, 
<laughs> and then um, Max written across both of my knuckles. Um, that, that would be. <laughs> you have one spare knuckle on each hand. Oh no! Actually, no, fuck that! No, I'm going to have heart and heart written on each of my knuckles. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and then maybe sort of like if I can put my thumbs together and like have like a, a two tattooed sort of like on both halves of my thumbs, so so I can I can like I would say heart put two, my fist two out. heart. Well, no, no, the, like the two would be in half, split across both of my thumbs. So uh, I, I could I could put my fists together. So it says heart to heart. That is fucking awesome. I'm. Uh, I can safely say I, you'd really... put, I think you would be the only person to have that particular tattoo. So it would be good. <laughs> it would be worth doing. It would certainly be. It would. It would be niche. I mean, there's part of me that really hopes that I fall in love with this program in the next sort of like 45 minutes or so, so that I can have that done because. Fuck me! Like there must be like there must be like a heart to heart fan club. I would be I would be king. I would be king of the heart to heart fan, <laughs> king king or queen of the uh, of the heart to heart fan club. Um, if I had that done, sounds good. Sounds good. Did I ever tell you? Um, did I ever tell you about Love Hat? Love Hat? No. <laughs> it's a guy. It's it's a friend of a friend. I've never met this person, but apparently the legend goes that they had. They mm. basically had love and hate tattooed across their knuckles one on each hand <laughs> but then they lost a finger and now they're known as love hat uh, that is a real person so I, that obviously I, I, the industrial I, accident is a bad thing but the love that, hat that is tattoo is good <laughs> Oh, I so hope that's true. That's brilliant. <laughs> anyway, we need to crack on with this plot. We, we, we do. We do. We do. So, hearts are the main suspects in the no crime that's been committed so far, as far as I can tell. They go for lunch. Frank Giordano turns up, uh, sits down, and basically the long and short of it is produces a note that says... Uh, produces a note that was found in the pocket of the dead man and it says I'll never forget Wednesday night or thank you for Wednesday night and it's signed Jennifer the implication being that Jennifer has been out and had some sort of fancy uh, fancy situation with the person who is dead so that another thing that makes them makes them like chief suspects yeah uh, then, because of the death, apparently investors are pulling out of the production. So Jonathan Hart decides to invest because he can sense that something's going on. Because he's a shrewd man, and when, I, when and he's a shrewd man, and he knows when a man accidentally hangs himself in almost impossible circumstances, something must be going on. And rather than get the fuck out of this situation, which is what any normal decides, people would do, he decides to invest yeah. a load of his own money. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing that he's not as shrewd a businessman as, as possibly we think. Um, I, I would imagine that sort of like, should sort of like various sort of like tax officials look into his uh, finances. I, I would say there's a lot of dodgy going on going on there. I think he's the only reason he would inv- invest in this is to be like a tax write-off. Um, so that said, he is a prime suspect. Like he wants this play to fail. Um, therefore, is putting his money at tax write-off 
bumping off the crew. So kill the bloke, then invest. Yep. And then hopefully the play will be a failure, which given the subject matter, I think is 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 pretty much nailed on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, actually, I've accidentally that that is that is part of my prediction. Um. Is it indeed. Okay, well, let's not get there yet. Let's 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 get through this plot. Um, so Jonathan invests. The angry set guy, now the only set guy remaining alive, turns up, warns Jonathan Hart not to get involved with David Kramer. Uh, Jonathan Hart then goes and runs around the top of his building. For, for no reason at all and he's got an entire city to run around and I'm guessing that their place they're staying in is probably quite near Central Park So, but for some reason he chooses to run around the 40, 40 metre rectangle at the top of their building yeah um, I mean I suppose this was 1994 I mean New York was it's pre-Giuliani it I think uh, yeah it was, it, was, it, it was on its way to sorting itself out but you know there was there was still a lot of sort of like danger and violence around, so maybe you know he's he's literally been around the block a few times. But, he but knows. for a man, <laughs> but for a man that when he sees a murder in a theatre decides to invest his money, to be risk averse to running around in New York seems a, a, a strange decision. But after this is true. But 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 basically after this jog he has around the rooftop, he goes downstairs. He's getting changed in the in the locker room of this gym that looks like the most expensive country club that you've ever been in. It's like brass brass knockered mahogany lockers everywhere, and and basically someone tries to shoot him. Uh, the worst assassin in the world. The worst um, assassin in the world, exactly. Thank you very much. This is a fucking massive botch job. Yeah, we get to see a nice we get to see a nice shadow. Uh, we don't really see the assassin. Uh, looks like James Bond's but, gun. Uh, it looks like James Bond's gun uh, when it comes in that shadow of the gun. It looks like a Walter yeah. Matthau PPK whatever. <laughs> it was that yeah, kind of lugery as well. Um, lugery, yes. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's... And then, so, so, so the assassin takes one pot <laughs> you, shot. You can right? tell we know a lot about guns. Um... <laughs> guns, yeah, yeah. I do know loads yeah. about guns, but I don't want to intimidate the listeners with my uh, with my huge gun knowledge. Yeah, because this is not this is not the gun podcast. That is our other podcast, <laughs> all about guns. Fun with guns. Fun's with guns. Yeah. And our other podcast, Nuns with Guns, which is a Catholic firearms crossover. There is a film, I think. There's, um, yeah, uh, there is a film called Nuns with Guns. Is there not? You're thinking of Nuns on the Run. No, I'm not. I'm, I, I think that there's, there's something. I oh know it's something nuns with big guns. Um, that's is yeah. that a proper film or something you've seen on pro- the internet? Uh, um, it, it it is a. I mean, proper film is pushing it, but it, it but it's. Uh, you, you wouldn't have to go to like the section of the video shop that's behind the curtain. To, okay. To find it. Uh, Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. I didn't know there was yeah. a section of the video shop behind the curtain. You mean the normal videos? Because <laughs> from your, from where you're standing in relation to the curtain, 
Touche. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So during this assassination attempt, something quite amusing happens, I think. In that yep. the, the guy has taken one or two shots at Jonathan Hart. And then there's like a standoff. So the assassin is behind a glass thing. And Jonathan Hart is like hanging around by the sinks. And so he picks up a box of tissues and throws it <laughs> against the mirror of a door. And the assassin mistakes this box of tissues for Jonathan Hart. <laughs> Fires off two rounds. And then Jonathan Hart sets off the fire alarm and the assassin legs it. It's like, how can you mistake a box of tissues for a, 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 a mid-50s millionaire? It makes no sense. This is the worst assassin in the world. He, he might just really hate tissues. Um, uh, you, know, you never know. Maybe he was his whole purpose for being there was to kill the tissues. We don't, we don't know. We um, do not know. Yeah, maybe we'll find out in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, he he has issues with tissues. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> so after this assassination attempt, which is hilarious, um, basically, apparently, all the police turned up and they were dusting for prints and doing this, that, and the other. Giordano never showed up, so. No. So as Jonathan Hart is at home just chillaxing after someone has tried to kill him, as you do, uh, another policeman turns up. Ooh. As, as we've said, can't trust him. Weird nose. Looks, um, like, looks like Bill Gates forward slash Niles Crane. Uh, yeah. Um, He's got the greasy, greasy, lank kind of hair. That really belongs in the nineteen seventies. He's he's got a very plasticky face. He 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 kind of. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was wearing like a, a complicated latex mask because um, mm. he he doesn't really look real. Um, I'm not entirely sure why that is. Um, I'm sure that the um, <laughs> the budget of Heart to Heart the movie is not um, not stretching to a complicated pot where someone's wearing a. a, a very expensive latex mask. Not Mission but, Impossible. Um, it's not Mission Impossible, no. It's, it's, yeah, just... So Master shows up. He is a slimy, greaseball detective. He goes upstairs with Hart. They look around. They find a bullet, uh, mm. which apparently was not discovered by the team of people that were up there before. Um, and then... And I'm rattling through this as quickly as I can. Uh, yeah. Uh, then we basically get back to the theatre and there is a fight between Kramer and Peter Rubin, the agent. They have a big scrap because Peter Rubin thinks that David Kramer is sleeping with Dory Latimer. Right. There's every chance he is. There's every chance but... he is. That is his reputation, which we find out in yeah. the next scene. Yeah. So, so after this fight, it all kicks off. Kramer gives everyone the rest of the weekend off. They're going to meet back there Monday morning to crack on with what they're doing. He suggested Jennifer Hart that he and her should go to a house that he's got access to in the islands. 
Just a few hours' drive on the snow-covered roads away. Uh, and uh, what islands? Are there, are there islands? Like, surely, like, would it not be like the Hamptons? Like, I think he means the Hamptons. I think the Hamptons, the islands. I think there. Yeah. I think there are small islands up there in that posh, oh, okay. posh section of New York. Oh, okay, so maybe the islands are more exclusive than the Hamptons themselves. Um, who knows? Um, who cares? Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I think the Hamptons are a place that you might potentially get invited to once in your life by a friend of a friend who is going out with someone with much more money than you. I think the islands are the places where you need to be a high-rolling theatre magnet before you're getting invited where, up there. Where rich producers take women to um, exploit them I can imagine <laughs> exactly I'm sure you can uh, <laughs> so he so those two drive up to the house Jonathan Hart is going to follow on in his own car because they can't possibly go and pick him up uh, Jonathan Hart is getting ready to go uh, and then Masters turns up the policeman and for some reason feels like it's okay for him to give Jonathan Hart's driver the night off and he's going to drive him up to the <coughs> islands himself because he's worried about Jonathan Hart's safety. Sounds suspicious. It does sound suspicious and I would be very reluctant to get into a car with this man, especially as we've just seen him lurking outside the theatre as David Kramer and Jennifer Hart left. <laughs> anyway, the long and short of it is, Tabby that uh, Masters drives them up, pulls off the road, goes into some derelict industrial area, and much like the assassin from before, makes the worst ever attempt to kill Jonathan Hart that you could possibly ever imagine. Yeah. um, This man obviously has access to firearms. He's in a a, uh, deserted uh, place. Tries to push him off the side of the building. Uh, get him out of the right? car, shoot him in the head. Yeah, don't even bother getting him out of the car. Just shoot him in the head. And then kick um, him out of the car and then drive off. Very simple. It's very simple how this turns out. But basically, Jonathan Hart, he's no Max, but he's also no young man. This this alleged police detective is much younger than Jonathan Hart and they end up in a fist fight. And if you end up in a fist fight when you've got a gun... You've done something uh, wrong. Uh, yeah, but don't forget, Jonathan Hart. We, we've we've seen, you know, he could he can run around the top of a building for quite some time. You know, he is for uh, his age. He is in the peak of physical fitness. Uh, yeah, no, he's you know he he's looking after number one, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's a lesson lesson to us all, really. Exactly, <laughs> exercise, people. If you want to avoid getting yeah. killed by Bill Gates or slash Niles Crane. <laughs> then you need to keep fit. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. Jonathan escapes, uh, drives up to the islands, and we're back in New York. Which, which being an island, you think would be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Maybe there is a ferry. There might, well, there might be a bridge. We don't know. A bridge, a ferry, a helipad... Yeah, these are very wealthy people that we're dealing with here. So who knows what modes of transport they've got access to that we mere scumbags do not? 
that's that is absolutely true. I I would like I I, I reckon I can imagine him having his own sort of like um, personal miniature submarine. I think that would be a um, that would be a fitting mode of transport. Um, but uh, but yeah, maybe he just sort of like sailed across on Max, <laughs> in Max's iron lung. Um, <laughs> I think I think the thing with an iron lung. It may not float <laughs> due to the iron nature of its construction. Well, true, but it's it's you know boats are made of you know boats aren't light. <laughs> They're not light, but they are designed specifically for floating on water. <laughs> so, listener. Um... <laughs> Someone, someone, try and sink an iron lung and t- tell us what happens. If you are listening or planning and, to get in touch have, in any way, and have an iron lung, we don't want to hear you hear from you unless you've got an iron lung. I think if you've got an iron lung, you've got better things to do than contact us. I think if, if you do an have an iron lung, lung I think you pretty much need it. Lung. You probably need it, but. Um, but not, you if you have, have got, much better things to do I can't emphasise this more uh, more clearly if you do have an iron lung and you're listening to this podcast do not try and sink it because that is the thing keeping you alive <laughs> Tabby is very irresponsibly informing you that you should try and sink your own iron lung the very device that is keeping you breathing on God's great earth so do not do that thank you <sighs> honestly can't swear can't <laughs> can't convince people in iron lungs to drown themselves <laughs> where's, the, where's the fun <laughs> there's no fun here <laughs> this is apparent <laughs> okay so we're so we're so nearly at the end of this part I know I know, um, I know. so Jonathan turns up at the islands and then they, they they all end up back in New York and Jonathan and Jennifer are at the police station with Frank Giordano he's got the hump because this Masters had said that he was only involved in the case because Giordano was basically a shit detective, which is nothing to do with Jonathan and Jennifer Hart. Yet Giordano once again takes no. it very personally. This insult. <clears throat> well, you know these these people are encroaching on his turf. He's he's got he's got a lot to prove now. I I I, I you know. Uh, you would feel pretty pissed off if you've been doing your job and working your way up the ranks for years and years and years and suddenly these smug twats come and like tell you how to do it um, I would be annoyed um, they're not that's... telling him how to do his job they are not telling him how to do his job they're just there he's the one that showed up and made them the immediate suspects for a uh... not crime that's occurred then it think, I, I'll be honest hands up and for listeners at home my hands are literally up Yep. Yep. I'm, uh, <laughs> yep. Tabby is confirming that. My hands are up. Yep. They are up. Uh, I'm pointing uh, an imaginary card. I even. think the hearts are, are being dealt a bad card in this one. Okay. Uh, anyway, we get back. Giordano, he's got the hump. He confirmed that there is no Inspector Masters in the New York Police Department in any uh, precinct whatsoever. So Masters is an imposter. And that, bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. and that is basically where we are. 
Welcome back. It is Welcome time back for, for predictions. 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 Some, 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 some. Right. Okay, so after you, please, uh, Tabby. We... After you. So I believe we have a three-one uh, score to me on the predictions. Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't think we will after this because um, I genuinely don't have a don't have a clue. I mean, we neither of us had a clue me. with Marvel. You, you, sorry to interrupt. You texted <laughs> me last night, all confidently. That was watched the episode. That... I have my prediction. Like, that was fuck. more. That was no, no. That was that was me just saying. Done the uh, bare minimum of what we were meant to do, <laughs> and and therefore it doesn't. It doesn't. In no way did I think. And this one's a doozy. This is, um, you know, um, this is this has brought up like a, an interesting point actually um, that I've been kind of wanting to uh, uh, mention is that. Uh, we we are effectively sort of um, displaying an awful amount of trust in each other, especially now that we're sort of um, in different countries um, and watching the same files, sort of like or the same files independently of each other. There was absolutely nothing to stop either of us from just like scrolling to the end, seeing who did it, and then sort of making up a tenuous <laughs> like a tenuous link as to uh, you're pulling a face now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just. Listening. So uh, I'm just listening. Yeah, so You're I'm, the one that's in the league. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, 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 so I'm saying there's something, there's something quite, you know, I, I, I think that's that says something a lot about our friendship and and our faith and and the trust that we have in this pro, in this project that um, neither of us are uh, going to stoop so low as to uh, as to do that. There's a lot, <laughs> there is a lot, a lot of trust here. There is, there is. Um, why would I? So, well, why would either of us cheat on this? A, I don't... <laughs> there's no financial reward, and B, no one is listening. No one. <laughs> the only two people that enjoy this podcast is me and you recording it, no, no. and some very close friends that we've both got oh, yeah. who listen to it yeah. out of a sense of duty. Uh, yeah, and and basically kind of like the idea of hearing us talk, but they have the ability to turn us off whenever they want. Exactly. <laughs> it's easier than speaking to us on the phone. Exactly. Like, you know, they know we're still alive. That's... <laughs> if these keep coming out, the people I know know that I'm still alive. They don't yeah. need to contact me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, predictions. Predictions. <laughs> I, I predict that you will be alive for the next few episodes at least. Um, Fingers crossed, Yep. Yeah. Right, so my prediction is... Um, and it's it, it's kind of shit, but I don't... I, I'm going to um, uh, offer my prediction with the caveat of... I'm not entirely sure that we've met all of the characters yet. I think there might be a there might be a rogue character I coming agree. somewhere. I agree um, with you because we're not really given that much to work with. Um, we're not really given anything. Uh, you know, the, 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 the set designer is such a trivial part of this plot um, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So, my theory is that it is the producer slash director David Kramer David Kramer I think that he has 
um, I think he's he might be sort of like um, you know he's he's you know presenting himself as being incredibly wealthy. I think he might have money problems, maybe gambling debts, maybe something some in, some investment thing that's gone wrong. Interesting. I think that I think set designer um, while designing sets was probably um, overheard. Uh, overheard him having a conversation with someone. That's why he got rid of that set designer. Um, hang on, am I confusing my set designers? No. Which set designer died? The dead. Uh, the set designer that died was the set designer who designed the sets. Right. That's that makes sense. Um, so anyway, so I I think he's putting on this musical as a um, as I said before as a as a possibly some sort of like tax failure I mean, I mean I think basically he's doing the, the the plot of the producers effectively yeah um that's that's kind of what I've got because we're not really given that much else to to go on I think I think the the arsehole agent he's he's clearly a red herring um and is is not um yeah you know he, he he's clearly a dick I think that yeah that's that's what I've got um, we will see. We will see. We will see. Okay, so you think David Kramer is doing it to sabotage his own production? Yeah, that's what I reckon. Okay, okay. Well, David Kramer is the obvious choice. And it's a funny one because last week I went for Bunny and you went for Bunny. And I don't yep. think we should be allowed to do that. So I think okay, whoever goes it. first, you can't go for the same person. So I was, that's I knew enough. yesterday when you sent me that text saying I've got my prediction, I knew that you'd gone for him. Okay. Because he's the obvious one, but I think it's just too obvious. I, I, surely, surely the writers of Heart to Heart have got more about them than to have this, <laughs> like, this, such an obvious thing going on. So... Are you basing this on the evidence of what we've seen so far? No, uh, just uh, my own sense of morals. Just, just, just faith, faith in the writing ability of people who you are getting paid money to write yeah, stuff. Yeah, you shouldn't be turning out stuff where the person who it so obviously is supposed to be is the person. So, in the interest of keeping it interesting, I'm going to say that... Two people have warned Jonathan Hart off of David Kramer. Mm. Number one, uh, the set designer spurned. Yeah. And number two, Peter Rubin, the agent, have also warned him off. I think, or, or has warned someone else off. He, Peter Rubin, the agent, tried to warn his starlet Dory Latimer off. So true. I am gonna say. And I think you're right, because I think actually the people who wrote this aren't clever enough to be doing anything more interesting. I think it probably is David <laughs> Kramer, but in the interest of doing something different so that we've got something riding on it, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Peter Rubin. I think it's Peter okay. Rubin, despite the fact that he is almost, it's definitely David Kramer, but I've got to go, I've got to go for someone else. So I'm going to say it's the agent. I think the agent okay. hates David Kramer because David Kramer is 
very possibly having sex with the woman that he loves. Yeah. And I think that by trying to ruin his production, he's trying to get a David Kramer. What I don't understand, and I will never understand possibly even when this episode ends, is why in God's name are the hearts involved? <laughs> like, I, I, I have no idea why the hearts are involved. I have no idea why they're the main suspects for anything going wrong. I literally do not understand what is going on. This is exactly why you shouldn't be putting any faith in the writers of this episode. This is why I shouldn't be doing this podcast, I think. I seem to say this every time we do one of these things, that I just don't have any idea what's going on. This is heart to heart. This is a TV movie of heart to heart. But there is no... I looked... I've written down all the characters. I do not have... A, a proper yeah. motive for any of them, but then that's you know as as we say that that's as as we discovered with Marvel, um, you know, at least they're doing something right, and it's and and it's the common thing. It's like yeah. you know, you either get quality or you get nonsense, nonsense, nonsense until the very end, where there's like a tenuous link that no one could possibly have seen coming, um, that presents us with like the frankly ludicrous and unfathomable answer um so without further ado let's watch the rest of this and find out what that ludicrous and uh infallible answer infallible in answer is indeed indeed we will so uh yeah join us after the break the detective inspectors wow wow Oh my giddy aunt! <laughs> what? <laughs> that was that was something, what, huh? What? It, it, I mean, it's it, by definition, it was something. It was f- fucking dreadful. <laughs> I, think, is, I, can, I can safely say that is the worst. Second half of anything we've ever watched. We we have hit we have hit new lows. This is this is I mean this is good for us at least it, you know we we get something to talk about. But then or we would do. Oh, I see what you mean about Niles Crane now. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got it going on in the background. Um, oh right, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, good, good call. I uh, yeah missed out on that. But my Christ, what was that? Why was that? How was, was that? It was dreadful. It was dreadful. I mean, almost nothing happened in that last forty minutes that we've just watched, right? No, no, nothing. What so? Uh, nothing of consequence, really. Um, the plot um, dissolves. The plot. They, they, like they built this thing up with people and characters and stuff happening and this and that. And you think it like you you thought it was Kramer, and I thought no, that's way too obvious. But yeah. the writers of Heart to Heart. Clearly, their, their, their heart wasn't in it. <laughs> they clearly wrote half of this and then then to write the last half and they had like an hour till deadline and they just fucking scribbled it off as quickly as they could. Right, uh, I I can I can pinpoint the, the the point where the writers gave up and just went on a very long extended lunch break, and the point where they um, the point where they gave up was the uh, was the line. 
um, you've got class. Uh, if you wanted to kill someone, you use the right fork. Um, that is the point. <laughs> that is the point where they thought, yeah, nailed it. That's it. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna drink champagne and eat some oysters and um, yeah, That's we'll just a great line. Is it? Well, I don't know. in their eyes, in their <laughs> eyes, that was obviously a great line. In their eyes, yes. Um, but um, so take us take us through what uh, what led us to to that line. Um, it's, well, it won't be long. It won't take no. long. Basically, <laughs> um, basically, it turns out that Masters is an actor. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the guy who was the second detective that showed up that tried to kill Jonathan Hart, he is an actor. Uh, they find it, out. Uh, yeah, um, Max Max does some good sitting down acting. And, good um, sitting down acting, yes. Uh, and basically sort of like pretends to be like a casting agent or something. Um, turns up at like the turns up at the, the, at the agents, looks at some headshots, um, finds this guy, um, and says, "Oh yeah, brilliant! I'd I'd love to meet him. I'd love him to be in my um, low rent, whatever God knows, um, fabrication." He sort of like pulls out of his ass. Um, they turn up at a restaurant to meet this uh, to meet this actor who is the guy who was impersonating a cop. Um, looks uh, like Niles Crane. Looks like Niles Crane. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, um, in spite of the fact that sort of impersonating a police officer is a crime, um, turn up there without informing the police, without doing anything at all. Um, turns up there in the worst sting operation of poss- possible. You've got. You basically, <laughs> you, you've you've got you've got Max sitting there, sort of like pretending to be like a producer. Um, he meets this guy, turns up. Um, uh, Jonathan Hart turns up in the restaurant immediately. No backup, no nothing. Guy twigs him, thinks shit, uh, runs away. Um, Pushes Jonathan would. Hart over, uh, and you know, Jonathan Hart gives chase. Um, uh, into a into a back alley. Um, does the guy even have a name? He doesn't. Do they even give him a name? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's uh, it's Mike Royston. Mike Royston. Okay. Mike Royston is the actor's name. Uh, Hart chases him into an alley. Someone clobbers Mike Royston. Well, yeah. I thought they'd clobbered him. Actually, stabs him in the heart with a, a steak knife. By the looks of things. Yeah. Uh, Hart gets there, the guy's lying on the ground, stricken, dead, yep. and then obviously like a thousand people turn up all at once uh, yep. and but see get, Hart he, there and they're get, like, yeah, he killed get, him, he, he killed get, him. Yeah. He's the murderer. Um, yep, that, that happens. Um, and, then, and then Hart gets arrested by the New York cop Giordano. Yep. Uh, so. And taken away, and we're, and we're led to believe that, oh my goodness me, Hart's Hart's problems are, are escalating. Yep. He's now the main suspect in this murder, and he's been a suspect all the way through, so this is this is big trouble for Jonathan Hart. And then we get the scene that you're referring to with the fork line, yep. uh, which is turn- basically where the whole thing falls down. It turns out that, um, yeah, the, the policeman, uh, the, the, the genuine cop, did not um, suspect him at all. It was all for show, for no good reason whatsoever. Um, all he had to do was sort of like say, no, no, this guy, uh, 
<laughs> this guy clearly isn't a suspect. Um, he's witnessed a murder. Um, uh, but no, they have to go to this big song and dance, which there's a lot of big song and dances in this. No, um, well, yeah. <laughs> there certainly are. But I think the point of that, the reason they do that, is so that whoever did kill him thinks that Jonathan Hart's been arrested, so that whoever did kill Mike Royston thinks they've got away with it. And basically, uh, okay. at, at that point is when the story ends. And we basically, yep. we cut from... Jonathan Hart and the policeman in the station talking about how hopefully now the killer will reveal himself. We then cut to uh, David Kramer's weird Alan Partridge-like shrine. I've got that exact same note. I've got that exact note. It's like, he's a mentalist. (laughs) He's basically got a dressing room in his theatre. Which is plastered with pictures of Jennifer Hart. It's he's been, got the makeup. He's got the compact and the lipstick that were stolen from earlier. He's basically made himself like a wank shrine, and um... he's got and he's got that ridiculous model. That ridiculous <laughs> model. Basically, like, like a, a photocopy like of her face with a photo of her and a wig on it wrapped around like a cardboard tube with like a dress <laughs> there is there, lest we forget though please um, the brilliant scene where there's like a black and white photo on the mirror he takes the photo <laughs> off the mirror puts her lipstick on it and then uh, like very very slowly kisses it and uh, the, the scene cuts there but what I really really desperately wanted to see and I'm pretty sure happens sort of like certainly in his head is like where he cuts a hole through the mouth and then just starts to sort of like <laughs> abuse that picture in in ways that should not (laughs) tabby 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 you've done so well not swearing there was no swearing in that I could have said so much worse (laughs) it's absurd it's absurd and what we have if I may if I may what we have is very much like the situation in Miss Fisher where hunched up hunched up Schofield has waited 25 (laughs) years for his revenge against a bloke putting on that production David Kramer, real name Carl Richardson, Davidson (laughs) Carl Davidson was was basically in the play The Ladies of Whitechapel that Jennifer Hart put on years and years ago and he's waited, and he's been in love with her ever since, and he's waited for some reason, for some unknown reason that we are not party to, he's waited 25 years to try and get her back. So the whole thing has been his attempt to get Jennifer Hart back because he loves her. His entire career, his entire um, livelihood that's made him incredibly rich has allowed him to... You know, have dalliances with the, you know, all sorts of young, all sorts of young nubile actresses, like desperate to get their foot on the ladder, and and you know he's he's exploited them, but all the time he's thinking about, um, uh, why can't I remember her name? Jennifer Hart, Steph- Stephanie Powers. Uh, no, no, the uh, the the what's her name? Jennifer Hart. Jennifer Hart. Yeah. Jennifer Hart. Excellent. Um, so, I mean, I guess the conclusion that we can draw of this is that sort of, you know, people working in the theatre, they have a sense of drama. And that's that's kind of, that's basically what they're kind of like. That, drama that's and all. timing. Drama and timing. Uh, uh, yeah. 
Um, it would not be enough for him two years after this incident when he's in the play with Jennifer Hart when she's still just a student or whatever, why not approach her at that point? You would and ask her out for a drink. Everything, anything that we talk about now probably isn't going to make any sense to you because it didn't make any sense to us. Um, it's basically nonsense. You, um, uh, he, they, again, the hearts turn up at the theatre. They, I'm guessing they suspect, they suspect that it's him. Um, they turn up at their theatre. Um, somehow they get separated. Um, well, no, uh, he he uh, Kramer is up in the lighting booth and he invites them up into the lighting booth. And then when oh, they get up uh, there, Hart goes up the stairs first. He slams the door and locks Hart up. Yeah, John the lighting rig uh, section jo- and Jonathan takes Hart. Jennifer Hart off. Yeah, with a, a gun and ties her and takes her down to his weird shrine room. Yeah, and then, which has and then which has like a weird, weird leather chair with with sort of um, it, I mean it basically looks like an electric chair effectively, but with you know sort of more comfy and without the electricity. Um, he's got a load of candles in his shrine room, which really pisses me off because we cut to a later scene and the candles are there, but they're unlit. Um, they everyone on this like everyone on this production gave up. They gave up sort of like it's like we can't be bothered with basic continuity. We can't be bothered with anything at all. Um, he effectively says, "Well, it's going to be the greatest show on earth." Um, I'm he goes, he goes all moi. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This will be the end uh, of this and the end of that, and it's all. And he he basically, having held it together for the first hour of this film, becomes a <laughs> maniacal. A maniacal demon with only one thing on his mind, and that thing is burning him and Jennifer Hart to the ground. So that they um, can. Why not? With with, with escape with, with her. Why not get out? Why not? Yeah, yeah. Why, um, why wait twenty years? Why not ask her for a drink the week well, after? Yeah, yeah. Play um, happened. Uh, also, you know, again, I'm, I'm I'm kind of hung up on the continuity because there was little else to hold my attention in this but you know he's got a clearly empty can of petrol um <laughs> like even when he throws it and he's like some well-placed petrol will uh set this place off and then just like carelessly throws it on the floor it's like that's not well placed that's just <laughs> and there's really nothing in it and then he yeah. just sets fire to a picture yeah which has got no petrol on it no. anyway <laughs> but he would have been better off like using the fire hazard handle candles <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, that that is basically what happens, right? It's a disgrace. Then, then the police the policeman turns up with Jonathan Hart. They break through the door. Um, the policeman gets shot, and that is the last we see of him. We don't know. We don't know if we we don't know if he dies. Um, no. There is no uh, like. You know, there would normally be like you would expect there to be kind of like so. This guy gets um, arrested and taken away, presumably, um, and you would expect that to like cut to the hospital scene where the cops in hospital are just like, "Yes, I knew you would get to the bottom of this," and or sort of like whatever New York stereotypes, like you know. I'm, I, I got hit, but it's okay because yeah. he's the black guy. <laughs> yeah, some something like that. But no, we don't we don't see that. We cut 
to them in the theatre. She is still kind of like reminiscent, not not desperately wanting to get the fuck out of there. Turns out they're still going to put on the play because um, he's got his money invested in it and it'll be fine. The cast is someone like else two is weeks interested off. in it, isn't they? Yeah, someone else yeah. wants to do Someone it. else is going to produce your shitty play that you made, that you wrote when you were in college. And as far as I'm aware, like only ran for like one night. Um, <laughs> it appears to be the case. A Wednesday yeah. night, hence that note earlier on. Yeah. Um, uh, so they then Max turns up on the piano with a dog on top of the piano um, <laughs> uh, um, Max who, can, who, who inexplicably knows and or can remember and his hands aren't so riddled with arthritis that he can still actually play the piano um, um, they dance they cut into a show tune cut to fucking them dressed up as like Fred and Ginger doing a dance um, which goes on for far 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 too long it doesn't need to like like the story is over the story is over ten minutes before this thing ends the story was over long before that they they somehow string it out for another ten minutes with the hearts dancing on stage the end of Max's failed marriage plot which we haven't even touched on there was no need there's a oh god another there's a so basically he's he's attempting to court this woman who's 20 years his younger um so you know i mean is that age appropriate i guess so um but that uh, you know i think you know they they're kind of after companionship i mean she's she's still got some um you know, she's got a sort of like joie de vivre. I'm desperately not, desperately trying to say, <laughs> trying not to say that she's still got some spunk in her. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, you know, there's there's this ridiculous thing. It's like he, he wants to, he's going to ask her to marry her. He asks her to marry her. They have this ridiculous, like prolonged conversation about scrambled eggs. Um, Max insists that you put milk. Oh no, she insists that you put milk in the scrambled eggs. He insists that you put water to make them light and fluffy. Um, I'm with her on this. The milk big hoo ha. Milk in scrambled eggs. Um, they say, well, let's get. The, I always uh, use, if I could just stop you there. I always used to think milk and scrambled eggs. But somebody recently, my old housemate, made me scrambled eggs with water in instead of milk. And they were extraordinarily light and fluffy. Oh, nice. So I mean, I'd I make like... them with I make them with milk and I, yeah. I like the way I make them. But someone made them for me recently with water and they were very, uh, very uh, nice. I would do like a lighter milk, like a, like a skimmed like a skimmed milk so you know which is pretty much like white water anyway um, I hate skim milk no but perfect for eggs it's, it's like that it's the happy medium with eggs um, yeah but I'm not buying skim milk just for eggs that's that's a fair point fair fair point and this is how bad this programme is maybe half water half milk is the answer uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's effectively yeah. skim milk. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you um, take semi-skim milk and add a little bit of water, you've effectively got skim milk. Uh, that that is true. That is true. And this represents exactly how bad this program is. is that we're hung up on the 
<laughs> we're hung up talking about eggs um, for probably longer than they were talking about it in the programme, but not much. Um, not, not much, and, not much. And it, and it leads to nowhere as well. Like, it, it, it's so annoying. It's like, well, we'll let, the, we'll let the hearts decide, sort of like the idea of being Will, sort of like, I'll cook one type of eggs, you cook the other type of eggs. We'll get the hearts here, they'll be able to sort it out. Cause they never do, though. They, that's what they, they never do, just cut straight away. Yeah, um, ignore that. I think I think uh, uh, I th- I think we should at this point move to final thoughts. Uh, because uh, the plot uh, is over. Uh, pretty much, there is there is nothing else. Um, it's done. It's done. It was Kramer. Yep, it was. It was we Kramer. are done. Let's uh, move to final thoughts. Closing arguments. Right. Welcome back. (laughs) Final thoughts on Heart to Heart, the TV movie. Now, my first thought is that this TV movie of Heart to Heart is an hour and a half long. Yeah. Now, I've not seen for many, many years a full episode of Heart to Heart, and I can't remember one in particular that I did ever watch, but I know I did watch it. For me... The normal episodes are an hour long. This should have been an hour long. I get the impression it probably was. (laughs) But because it was an hour and a half long, there is so much filler. There is so much shitty filler in this episode, in this thing. The egg thing, the Max thing. The dance thing. The dance thing. thing at the end. There's a scene. There's a scene that takes two minutes... Just after we went back into the record, uh, into the watch after we'd recorded the first half, where they're walking down the road, and it takes two minutes for both of them to say that they're happy to be walking down the road in a pop, in a busy city <laughs> yes. with the person that they love, and it's like it's it's, it's uh, absolutely has no relevance to the plot. You're just literally filling up time. You're wasting my time. <laughs> just make it an hour long. Uh, there's the ridiculous conversation that um, uh, that Jonathan Hart has with the um, has with the, uh, um, the Schrodinger's call. Um, is he dead? Is he not? Um, we don't know. Um, uh, and uh, basically, he says that uh, Jonathan Jonathan Hart says, uh, "I'm good at faces. You're good at pizza." It's like. What New York cop would would accept that? It's like what you're you're dismissing my years and years of training to say that just because you're a rich man, uh, just because you're a God knows what you are doing here, you can slag off my police work by just saying that sort of like you're better at me than police work, and all I can identify is pizza. Fuck you. That's and I would have liked to have like there would have just been a nice scene where he just like smacks him in the face. I would I would just like they're all so smug. Everyone is smug. It, it's it's bad. It's, it's bad. Uh, it's, it's horrible. Bad. And I'm and I I for one am upset because I thought it set up. It felt like it set up quite nicely, and I was expecting like. Maybe because we watched Miss Marple last week and there was an an impossibly complicated reason for all that stuff in Miss Marple to happen. In this, it set up well and I thought there's got to be more to it. It was obvious that Kramer fancied Jennifer Hart from the moment you first saw them together. 
but there must have been more to this than just he fancied Jennifer Hart. But that's all uh, it was. Th- no, yeah, that um, was the whole thing. Uh, I've, uh, the credits have just gone uh, gone through, and uh, Delta Airlines get a credit. So uh, you were, yeah, you were correct. <laughs> As playing themselves. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> um, so that's so, it. That's that, that that is literally. I mean, I'd like to. I'd like to think that sort of like maybe in its prime, sort of like, you know, maybe sort of like twenty, thirty episodes in, um, it was good. The, the, everyone's obviously phoning it in. Like, no one really cares. Um, I mean, I I wonder if this was just sort of like charity for Max, like the like the guy playing Max. He's just like, you know, the one thing I want to do before I die is just just play Max one more time. Um, well, he wants to get some money to put his grandkids through college uh, or... Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? He like. Um, I think he's... I mean... Uh, you know, we're done. He, he, we're he, done. He, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it, it's... For me, I think the thing to remember is that this isn't... In its heyday, this was a very popular television programme. Yeah, we weren't able to get hold of any of those. Yeah. We were going to only yeah, get I, I hold of right. the shitty TV movie. So I don't know if this is representative of Heart to Heart. Yeah, it's definitely it, like it you just said. It, it feels like be. the whole thing was being phoned in by everyone. Most importantly, oh. the scriptwriters, because the script is horrendous. I've got <laughs> one bit of script that I want to draw your attention to in my uh, notes. Uh, go on then, which is. There's a scene when Max is talking to Jonathan Hart in the apartment in the first half and Max is unsure whether he should um, ask this woman to marry him or not. And and Jonathan Hart says, Max, this reminds me very much of something you said to me once. And and this is the um and this is it this is the saying that 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 Matt said to Jonathan Hart years ago. I know, know I know it's I, I know it's going to be good. Let's uh, let's go. So, and this I think you could use this in your life and listeners uh, out there. I think this is definitely something you can remember for the future. Life's chances are like today's lettuce, crisp and new today. Brown and wilted, if you let them la- if you let them lay around, like someone right. wrote that, someone wrote that, and then so- someone else filmed it and put it on television. Someone like you could, but you could say that, like flowers. At least use flowers. <laughs> flowers are kind of think <laughs> beautiful things that people enjoy, and like you know that's. <laughs> At least there's some sort of poetry in that. There's no poetry in lettuce, for God's sake. Life, life chances are like today's lettuce. <laughs> Just say it about anything. Crisp and new today. <laughs> Brown and wilted if you let them lay around. It's just like... I don't know. Um, just put your hopes and dreams in the fridge. They'll stay fresh for longer. It's just, just shut up. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Keep your hopes and dreams on yeah. ice. Yeah. Um, so call me, producers of uh, Heart to Heart, um, if you want something equally as shit as this. Um, Maybe they I'm could sh- remake I'm... some more. Maybe they could do some more. Yeah. Um, I'd, uh, 
don't know. What would you do? What could you do to make it interesting? To make it slightly more um, dig max up. Dig um, maybe. Oh no no. So um, uh, Max has had to have a heart transplant. Oh no, one of them's had to have a heart transplant from Max. Um, uh, so uh, and they kind of like have a split personality with Max now. So, but you can have like heart to heart to heart. Um, that. <laughs> well, Max, Max could be a head in a jar, <laughs> a brain in a jar with a voice box. <laughs> if you want Just... your life's chances to be good and clean, then you should put him in a jar with formaldehyde. <laughs> Just carried around on the back of the dog. <laughs> Freeway. Freeway, which uh, also sounds a lot like three-way, which I'm sort of... <laughs> I think it's time to go to predictions. Okay, uh, the, uh, conclusions. Oh, no, predictions. We're in conclusions now. Predictions. Oh, okay. <laughs> you win. Uh, thank you. You win the prediction, but I'm not happy. I, I, uh, you see, I'm... Uh, I, it's 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 with a, a with a bitter pill that I swallow this uh, this victory because. Oh, well done! You're a good man. No, no. It, uh, well, you've not heard my reasoning yet. Is the fact that my reasoning was so much better it would have been so much more interesting, at least, even if it was just ripping off the the producers, if they had like. Neither of us thought that this was going to be so lame, that it was going to be such a crappy... I mean, uh, comedy, yes. Um, you know, uh, it's it's made me want to watch that episode of Alan Partridge, so that's that's good. Um, I mean, I... Uh, <laughs> I wonder if Steve Coogan actually watched this <laughs> episode. Like, maybe he was in, like, a hotel room somewhere. No, and, no, and, no. And, you, know, you know where that episode of Partridge came from? It was, uh, it was from Stuart Lee. Oh, yes, yes, have of course it was. you not heard that story? Yeah, yeah, no, know. I have. Yeah, yeah, no, I have, yeah. Because um, yeah. Stuart Lee's, like, mildly bitter that, <laughs> that they use that on Partridge and that he's been unable to use that story. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, well, the, the the whole Lee and Herring Partridge thing is, uh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah, we shouldn't enough. go there. There's, <laughs> that's, there's, that, there's that's, legal that's stuff. That's 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 for other podcasts. Mainly, yeah. There's mainly legal Richard stuff Harris. ongoing. Legal <laughs> stuff ongoing. We're not commenting on that. Um, okay. So anyway, we let's uh, let's wrap up. I think yeah. you got the bonus point. Uh, the point, not the bonus point. Uh, you got the point. Four cool. one. Four one. Not uh, happy. I'm not happy. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. As I say, it, it was a, it was kind of a crap victory. It could have been, it could have been anything. I think possibly if you'd gone first, you would have, you probably would have said maybe you wouldn't. Um, but I would have done. Yeah, there was no one else. Like exactly. <laughs> anyone else was so clearly flagged as like a red herring. Yeah. It was, it was, it was. Um, so what I will say is that I would gladly sit through another three episode, uh, three hours of Marple. Than watch any of this shit again. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what. And I'm with you. I'd I, I'd, I'd sit through any amount of Marple rather than watch this again, so long as I didn't have to try and explain the plot. Yeah, 
that's that's true. Um, see, perhaps I could do like a yeah. See, it'd be nice to have like a maybe like a, a, a join episode where sort of like Max like asks Miss Marple to marry him. And, um, They'd make a good couple. I don't know if they would actually. Max is probably he seems he seems like a nice guy, but you know, Marple outclasses outclasses him totally. I think the pro- the problem there would once again be the eggs. I think Max would want to put water in the scrambled eggs, and Miss Marple would only be interested in eating powdered eggs. <laughs> That yes. was all that was available <laughs> at the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ratings. Right. Uh, ratings for the hearts um, as as people that solved a crime. Right. Well, I'm. Shall I, shall I go first? Be my guest. Um, okay. Uh, the hearts have flatlined. Basically, they did. I thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. That is very good. Um, They effectively did nothing. Um, They They got accused of murder. They got accused. They only worked it out really because she got kidnapped by the killer they did absolutely nothing they left a cop to maybe or maybe not die we do not know um, and I they were they were useless they were just there they weren't even suspicious of the fact of the reason why they were there which would be like you wrote this play 20 years ago it was so obvious like why are you inviting us to New York for this Uh, shitty thing I wrote when I was in college Uh, yeah like uh, no one wants to see Saucy Jack it's crap Um, I'll be honest as soon as someone as soon as someone tries to kill me once whatever situation I'm in when the first assassination attempt is made on my life I'm I am fucking off I'm out of there. I'm not hanging around to be assassinated or attempted to be assassinated uh, twice. Uh, and uh, yeah, you would be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but, nothing uh, is more important than your own uh, life. The Broadway play. Uh, and, it's, you know. It's absolute garbage. Your life's good. You're rich. You're, you know, you, you don't have to hang around like waiting for like cut rate actors to try and throw you off buildings. It's. It, it's Nonsense. I'm going to give heart to heart on detective Not skills. Not heart to heart. The uh, Jennifer and Jonathan heart. Okay, I'm going to. Okay, I'm going to give them a solid zero, which is more than they deserve. For um, once, for once, my friend, for once, we are in absolute agreement. Excellent. I. This is a big uh, fat zero from Spain. Uh, yeah. And from the UK, oh, it's like Eurovision. <laughs> Nil point. Zero punto. Nils Ipoinski. Nil point. Yeah, it, it, this this program's made me angry and frustrated, and just generally, it 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 could have it, it started off like it started off like so many others. It could have been it, they they could have done something interesting. They just uh, just as we say, like every, 
everyone involved just gave up. No you texted one... me last night when we were watching this separately, and you said this is really good fun. There's 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 mileage in this, and the first half of it, uh, yeah, yeah, at least set up to be a good, entertaining bit of television, and and in the end, it was shit. It was. It was. They they. They they dropped the ball basically and and uh, yeah you know there there was there was stuff there you had sort of like you know you had a whole load of stereotypes you had like ridiculous sort of like New York waiters um, uh, wise uh, guy wise cracking New York cops it was all there uh, and could have played into something interesting but they just they just gave up like yeah. if you gave if you gave a small child an hour to write a detective <laughs> thing. That's what they would come up with. Do you know what I mean? This, oh, yeah, yeah. The this, guy this that is... you think is the killer is the killer, and the reason he's the killer is because he's in love with the woman from twenty-five yeah, yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, yeah. This is this is like twelve-year-old creative writing class. This is this is like, um, uh, you know, uh, oh, it, it, it's done. It's done yeah. now. I it's think we're like, done. Yeah, it's just like we're feeling kind of sad, really. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Um, I think it's, it's, it's demoralising. It is demoralising. Yeah. The good, the good news is, we never ever have to watch Heart to Heart ever again. I, no, that that is absolutely true. That is, um, yeah. I judge. You see, I was. <laughs> I just feel sad. I just I was defeated after Marple, and and but I kind different of, sort of defeat, felt, isn't it? This yeah, it's it's it's. I, it's I think I think the difference is after Marple, I felt defeated personally because I was unable to cope with the myriad <laughs> of plot and characters and intelligent ins and outs and the way it all worked out and it all worked out that was I was defeated this is just if that can get on TV if someone can uh, write that script and it gets made and gets put on TV that is a sad state of affairs it's basically like as if sort of like you know when they were writing this they didn't think that 23 years later people would um, be uh, trying to Discuss it and talk about it um, on a same same old same old same old same old yeah. But right. no, but I think that I think that stands with Marple just to finish off. That stands with Marple because it's 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 more complex than we could deal with in our podcast. This this should have been perfect for us. Do you know what I mean? This is this should have yeah. been perfect for what we do here or what we try and do here. But actually, it turned out, and it was rubbish. It was rubbish. Um, and on that note, <laughs> um, okay, tell me one thing that you were doing in 1994 that was more worthwhile than this. In 1994, I moved to Nottingham with my friends, uh, and uh, we rented a house, a four-bedroom house. It was a five-bedroom house, actually, and it was £135 each a month. 
that's amazing. I would so much rather watch you doing that than um, than sit through this. That's so trying to trying to end things on like a slightly positive note. So uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. On a positive note, I went swimming today. Nice. In the sea, just outside my house. Yeah. All right. I went to North Acton. It was miserable. <laughs> North Acton will do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, okay, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. I'm not sure what we're going to do next time. We need to. We need to talk about this after we've stopped it, recording. It will be a mystery. It will be. Hopefully, a better one than this. Yeah. Fuck me. This is. Yeah. This has been hard. We've had some technical difficulties. We we've had to re-record some stuff. It's 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 it. You know. I, I think this is probably part of my frustration as well. Is that I thought this was going to be a nice easy ride after after the, the horror show that was Marple, but uh, yeah, this has been more work. Um, and we Yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough, but we're done now. All that remains for me to say is if you want to contact us, why would you? Uh, at detect underscore inspect on Twitter, the detective inspectors at gmail.com. Yep, brilliant. Be, uh, send us an email, you'll be the first person. If you send us an email to that email address, you'll be the first person to do that. Say something nice and uh, we might thank you. We <laughs> might read it out. Yeah, you know, um, strange okay. things have happened. Um, who have you been? I've been uh, probably Marcus Bayburn. Cool, I've been Tavi, and we are the defeated Detective, Detective Inspectors. Inspectors. Cheers, guys. Good night. Bye. 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 Bye.